Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you into Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and my gambling picks on Twitter at UndercoverGreg. It's the big game, Super Bowl 56. I'm actually hanging out right now in the media workroom at Radio Row for my full-time job with SportsMap Radio based out of Houston. Took the flight on Monday morning. Been taking in my first Radio Row of my career. Hopefully many more to come, but you never know. So it's been a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience so far and uh, looking forward to finishing things up as we record on a Thursday. So one more day for me out here in the City of Angels and then flying back from L.A., to Houston on Saturday morning, uh, going all the way back to the East Coast, where we're joined by our partner in crime, Jack of all trades at Full Slate, Alex Uplinger at Alex underscore up seven manages the podcast handle at full underscore slate underscore pod. What's happening, Alex? What's up, buddy? Man, I'm I'm super excited. I'm getting jacked up. I was I was not quite as excited, you know, a week ago. It, it, two weeks is kind of a long time to really break this down. You hear everything, but I'm just excited for some new blood. It's exciting for Cincinnati, and it's cool to see just a different team in there for once. Yeah, I'm with you as well. And it, it did kind of the first week this year kind of hit me as a little like, ooh, like Bengals Rams. Like it's a little weird and like it, it kind of dampened the excitement a little bit. But now as we're uh, what, like 70, 72 hours almost from kickoff as we sit here on Thursday afternoon still here on the West Coast. But uh, nonetheless, uh, we're getting close and uh, it does. I'm with you. It, it, it's it's nice to see some new blood. You got, uh, you know, Joe Burrow trying to 
win a Super Bowl in year two. I think I, I can't remember the exact stat off the top of my head. Something about uh, nobody's ever won the Heisman National Championship and Super Bowl. Um, and I think he's trying to do that already by his second season in the NFL. And uh, then on the flip side, Matthew Stafford and everything that he went through in Detroit certainly deserves this moment. So uh, it's either going to be kind of the, uh, you know, an arrival of sorts for Burrow. If I mean, he's probably already arrived, but you get what I'm saying. Or it's going to be kind of a long time coming for Stafford. So, uh, you know, the quarterbacks are, are intriguing. And then you have the coach's angle with Zach Taylor having been, on McVay's staff when the Rams went to the Super Bowl a few years ago against the Patriots. So, you know, it, it, it's a it's not the Super Bowl matchup we expected, uh, but it's a tasty matchup nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. I was pulling for the Bills. I really think they should be in the Super Bowl right now. But, yeah, it's going to be fun. I heard a, a little fun nugget today that it was quarterbacks named Joe have seven Super Bowls. Quarterbacks named Tom have seven Super Bowls. So if the Bengals were to win, that would put the <laughs> Joes over eight to seven. So, so no, wait, Montana has how many? Uh, I believe two. Okay. And then I'm trying to think what other Joes have won. Uh, like, how, how do we get to where are the other five coming from? So Namath. Namath. All right. He's got one. Okay. Theismann. How many does he have? One, right? Because Doug Williams was a quarterback for the other Washington one, right? You would know. Yeah, Doug Williams won one. Okay, so that's four. Because you said two for uh, two for uh, Montana, one Montana. for Amith, one yeah, for Heisman. I, I probably I probably should have wrote it down, but I know okay. Joe's and and Tom's are tied, and it's just Tom Brady with his, and then yeah, so Montana, Namath, Theismann, there was. Has to be another. God, there's no other Tom that won a quarter, won a Super Bowl. That's no. that's shockingly weird. enough. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, um, before we dive into it, and we're gonna kind of go through uh, the various offerings. Obviously, side total, novelties, player props, miscellaneous game stuff out there as well. Uh, you know, how have you? In the years of betting the Super Bowl, like how have you evolved as a better? Uh, you know, are you one to just? It, it, it's sometimes tough to resist the temptation and and just try and throw a lot of stuff on the wall. But uh, you know, I, I think the Super Bowl is probably the best lesson for people that are just kind of getting into this space. That sometimes the quantitative approach isn't always the best because then you have to uh, routinely beat the juice, which uh, you know we do a podcast here. We know how hard it is to routinely win when you're giving up $11 to win 10. And when you do that on 20 bets, you know, they're over it, you know, it, it makes it even more complicated. So I feel like Alex, that's kind of one little like PSA I wanted to get out there, which I think is very important for the Super Bowl. So many people just want a lot of action and then you quickly realize, Oh crap, like I got to beat all this juice in the process. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm definitely not, not one to follow because I definitely throw a lot at the wall and see what sticks. I just I I like having fun. I like doing the novelty props. I like doing a lot of player props and well, yeah, yeah and that's, I, that's I don't why I even have play a, responsibly at the end of our podcast because if you want exactly. to do that and if you want just to have, have fun, fun, you're doing it knowing full well that it might not be the best, you know, long term investment Monetary, strategy. Yeah, you know, no, right? No, yeah, Super Bowl is not for me. It's not. It's not necessarily a monetary gain. It's more just for the entertainment value. 
So, okay, without further ado, then let's get to the side uh, where uh, it's kind of interesting to see this number and the way it's moved. I believe it's kind of hovered around the key of three, but always been north of it. Right now, the Rams are laying four. Total is 48 and a half. We'll get to the total in a minute, but uh, Rams are four point favorite. Money line minus 200, it looks like, for LA plus $1.70 for Cincinnati. You know, when you look at that, obviously we have another home Super Bowl here. So you have to think there's a little bit of that baked into the number. But we also know that uh, L.A., let's just say, has been the best home field advantage. Uh, so uh, with all of that said, Alex, did, did, when the number came out, did it feel about right? Because I'll be honest, I, you know, I'll get into m- more specifics on my end, but I don't really have much sidewise that I like here. No, it did feel about right. I- I think it opened three and a half and that was instantly snatched up that up to four, four and a half. Now we're seeing it down to four. I don't have a side either, but just a little fact here, a little nugget. If anyone is playing the Bengals to win, I would advise that you go with the alternate line of minus two and a half for a little extra value there. I was looking, I heard on a good podcast, it was Simon Hunter pointing this out. And that only one Super Bowl ever has landed one or two. So if you think the Bengals are going to win outright, you got to think that they're going to win by three or more points. Yeah, and that's um, that's definitely I mean, it's not just the Super Bowl, but uh, that's definitely something you can always consider with uh, with the dog, at least if you like the dog to win a game. You know, in any football game, I mean, yeah, obviously one and two can still land. uh, But having said that, do not buy a favorite down. Like, do not take the Rams minus two and a half. Right. Like we don't you know, I would not advise buying that through a key number and being like Rams minus two and a half at like minus 150 or whatever. Right. Or don't don't be that guy that does like like buys a point to get Rams like minus three. But most of the time, the, the spread really doesn't even come into to play like favorite cover team that yeah if if the team that wins they're also covering the spread it's like the rams win they're gonna win by more than four yeah and and so as far as the specifics of the matchup and and the side for me i mean listen clearly the biggest mismatch when you just line them up and look at the matchups is the cincinnati offensive line and how much they should we expect them to struggle against the Rams D line and the Rams front seven and the Rams have been excellent in pass rush win rate and all of the pass rush metrics would indicate that the Rams should have a field day here against a uh, very lackluster Cincinnati offensive line. But, you know, again, I struggle to just oversimplify it a little bit in that regard, because this is also a Cincinnati team that we saw in the divisional round found a way to overcome 10, you know, nine sacks by its opponent, the Tennessee Titans and win that game. Now you could argue, well, Ryan Tannehill just didn't have it on that Saturday in the early evening in Nashville three weeks ago. But nonetheless, I think, uh, and, and I'll get to this more on the total, but I think the Cincinnati defense maybe doesn't get as much credit as it deserves when you look at obviously the headliner players here for Cincinnati being Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon, you know, and CJ Uzama is going to come back at tight end and, you know, Boyd and Higgins as well. So uh, what I'm getting at is the fact that Cincinnati showed me a way to win despite Burrow getting beat up like he did in the Tennessee game. 
I think is encouraging if you're the Bengals here. And listen, they've been playing with this offensive line all season. Everybody, if we know it, they know it. And they know that their offensive line is clearly the Achilles heel of the football team. And yet they're in the Super Bowl in spite of that. So I don't think this is as simple as expecting the Rams pass, pass rush to just tee off and win the football game. It may be that simple. Uh, but I, you know, so maybe that's a lean to the Rams, uh, but uh, I, I'm not going to play it. Also, you know, again, this isn't exactly the strongest, you know, tactical or statistical side of it, but I also just feel like there's something that's kind of like unquantifiable with the Bengals right now, where there's like an intangible that I don't want to bet against. And I'm sure, you know, plenty of people did in the AFC title game. And, you know, I'm sure the Titans were a somewhat public side divisional weekend as well. And, you know, I, I just don't want to step in front of the Bengals right now because, again, I think there's just a lot going on, a lot of confidence going on in their locker room that uh, is hard to quantify and hard to bet against. So while I would lean to the Rams because of the front seven going against the Bengals O-line, um, it would only be a lean because if the Bengals, again, going back to that Bengals defense, look at what they did in the second half against Kansas City. Well, you know, that's against the Kansas City offense. Think about what they could do against Matthew Stafford, who's still obviously a very talented quarterback, but he's no Pat Mahomes. So uh, I struggle to fully get there with the Rams, especially north of the key number of three. So I'm going to sit this one out on the side. It's a little weird to say for a Super Bowl, but that's kind of how I'm looking at it. What say you? Yeah, I completely agree. I, I don't want to oversimplify it either, but I think that defensive line versus the Bengals offensive line really can't be overstated, but we did see Burrow just get out of some insane situations against the chiefs. I mean, they had him dead to right several times and he, he got out of there for like a 10, 15 yard scramble game. He was making all kinds of plays. He was only sacked one time. And then that Bengals pass rush as well. They got them homes four times. I think they really can just throw up this, this Rams offense as well. I do lean the Rams, but I'm not quite confident enough to play it. I mean, it's kind of lame not to have it aside in the in the Super Bowl, but yeah, I just don't really want to get there with either. I think the Rams' run defense is also, I think they're first in DVOA, and then that pass rush is they're really really strong. So I think they could definitely disrupt this Bengals offense, but. I'm not going to step in front of Burrow right now. He's just making insane plays. He's just he just has it. I mean, he's got this offense really clicking. They have all sorts of playmakers. Yeah, I don't want to step in front of either of these teams really. I'd I'd much rather go to the totals and the player props. Yeah, so again, agreement there on the side being a little bit of a tricky one. And again, uh, you know, this is coming from two recreational gamblers that aren't exactly the the pros, and we're still saying, you know, as much as you want to throw around and have some fun with this, uh, neither one of us like the side. So that should be telling. Uh, as far as the total, though, I think that's where, uh, if you didn't kind of hint at where I was going earlier with some of the things I was saying, that's where I think it's more appealing. And, and you know, I, I went under at, um, well, gosh, what did I get this at? Uh, 48 and a half. I went under in the first half at 23 and a half, at, I think is what I'm double checking the number I got there on the first half. Um, yeah, 23 and a half. And, and that's where I just look at it and say, well, you know, 
for everything I just said, if you like the front seven for the Rams to obviously win enough against the Cincinnati offensive line, then, you know, take a look at things the other side and, and specifically go back to that Tennessee game and look at the way the Bengals grinded it out and look at the way they kind of were able to uh, figure out ways to how their defense played in the second half against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC title game. So you go back and forth with a lot of that, and you, it really lands me on the under here pretty convincingly, and that's why I went under in the first half and why I went under in the full game. And, Alex, I know you like under in the first quarter, and maybe by Sunday morning I'll be on that as well because you also have Joe Burrow. And, and listen, I get it. Like, Joe Cool, maybe he won't be phased by the moment, but – the second-year quarterback playing in the Super Bowl, Matthew Stafford, and everything that's on the line for him here. Because, listen, at the end of the day, I know that he hadn't won a playoff game before coming to the Rams, but he didn't just go there to win a playoff game. Like, the Rams are all in this year. They're trying to win the Super Bowl. And um, I saw a good stat. Uh, Matthew Stafford will hit 50,000 yards uh, next season. He's at 49,995. And um, there are – he would become, excuse me, there are eight quarterbacks currently at 50,000 passing yards and and that have a Super Bowl. And seven of them are Hall of Fame blocks. And the only one that's iffy is Eli Manning. And obviously he's a Hall of Fame debate that can go back and forth and will for quite a while. Matthew Stafford with a win here would obviously have that Super Bowl and then he'll hit the 50,000 yards probably on his first completion week one of next season. So uh, there's definitely a lot of pressure on him still, despite the fact that uh, he's already kind of uh, exercised the demons to an extent. All of that makes me think, well, you know, in addition to just from a matchup standpoint, thinking that this will be a lower scoring game, uh, maybe some early nerves from the quarterbacks here as well. Exactly. And as cool as Joe Burrow is, I think Zach Taylor is very conservative coaching wise. Yeah, And also just, I think everyone kind of tenses up, especially in the first half. That really likes the first half for me. But I saw a trend. It was since 1990, 10 of 16 games with a total of less than 50 have gone under. So that'll speak to your full game under. I'm playing the first half under in the first quarter under. I got under 23.5 and then under 9.5. 13 of the last 18 Super Bowls with a total of 48 have gone under in the first half. And then the first quarter is just always the lower scoring quarter of the game. Since 1999, only eight of 22 first quarters have hit double digits. We've seen Cincy, they're 13, six and one to the first quarter under. And then the Rams are 14 and six to the first quarter under. I think this just really speaks to to game flow and how teams want to start the game. There's just a huge feeling out process, especially in the Super Bowl, even more so than than any other game. Obviously, they're both going to be just trying to figure it out. To to speak more to your point about the feeling out process, uh, it's almost like two uh, both. I feel like both teams maybe get like hesitant to kind of make the first move in terms of like, well, we know we've both had extra time to prepare, but who's going to go first with the big trick player, go first with the right. You know, and the maybe that, play or something. Exactly. And, and that probably also speaks to like, who's going to make the first big mistake. Who's going to make the first interception or turnover by making one of those, you know, 
heavy hitter plays that could result in a in a turnover that completely flips the game. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm with you on on the under uh, as well uh, through and through uh, in this one and would expect, you know, and, and we've seen the Rams, you know, in their guy. I know they, they really should be three for three Rams on the unders because it was just complete pandemonium towards the end against Tampa. But they, the game went under the total against Arizona, under the total against San Francisco. Listen, as much as Matthew Stafford and rightfully so to an extent will be lauded with praise if the Rams win this game, the Rams have been winning with defense. And I don't see why that would change now when you have Aaron Donald and, you know, Von Miller and Leonard Floyd and Jalen Ramsey. And, you know, they bring in Eric Weddle out of retirement because they needed some help at safety. So, uh, you know, the stars are not just on offense for the Rams. I think they're comfortable in a lower scoring game. And I think the Bengals showed that as well in that win, particularly against Tennessee. But the way they. Uh, you know, I, I guess it still would have been an under against Kansas City there because Kansas City didn't really do anything in the second half. So um, I, I don't think that's a game script that the Bengals. I, would. I think another uh, I think another interesting play, if you like the under, which we do, is no score in the first six minutes. Sure. Yeah. That could be an interesting angle. I saw is that, that you uh, got to pay a little more juice there on the. Uh, yeah, on the that's. Mill. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, that's certainly juiced up. I think I saw like minus 140. Uh, the. Cincy and the Rams, they both scored in the first minute, first six minutes in only 20 percent of the time this season. I think that speaks to both these defenses and I, these both these coaches are kind of conservative. You'll see McVay punt on some of these times and you'll see you'll see Taylor. Oh, kick these well, field how about that fiasco from McVay with the challenges and the. Oh my God. Uh, NFC championship game. So, yeah, I, I mean, I know everybody kind of says they're uh, the, the trend in hiring coaches is to find the next Sean McVay. But Sean McVay is a human, too. <laughs> Absolutely. He's also a guy to blow a timeout first. I saw that was another prop. I was looking at Rams to call oh, the first, call the time, first out. time out. That's interesting. Yeah, just just because he seems to to not really value them nearly as much as other coaches. He's blown them left and right. I mean, you saw that that last game, he had zero timeouts left, like, you know, a ton of time left in the fourth quarter. Okay, so you actually kind of uh, provided a nice little sweat, little segue into where we're going next. You talked about uh, the team to call the first timeout. I, I wouldn't know that I would necessarily – that's probably more of a game prop – been a novelty prop but uh, you know on a lighter note here uh let's talk about some of these novelties obviously uh you know for bookmakers <laughs> you know it's always it's always something that i wouldn't want to do you know is to put up a line on what color gatorade no we is. had we had johnny avello yeah from uh, DraftKings last year and he was he's out here he by the way we might get him on our radio show tomorrow so he's um, a good kid, yeah. yeah he was great last year with you yeah uh, i remember yeah I, him, I think but, it's uh I think it's got to be really difficult to hang some of these lines, yeah, but I also I, I, I think it's also probably a, a great, great money maker for some of these props. I mean, you have like the Gatorade prop and there's, you know, there's like eight options that are probably going <laughs> to well, profit very well. On and, most and that's of those. the thing. I, I, I don't really bet a lot of these, but I love seeing the leaks of like, purple has been juiced to minus 650 or something like <laughs> right or like you know the last the last three years have been blue so it's probably going to be blue this year 
there's no exactly. there's no logic logic I, I think the uh, the anthem over under is always a fun one each year and i think that's one that you actually get involved with oh yeah every single year dude this is the best bet of the super bowl i love being that dickhead that's like yelling at everyone to to be oh, quiet the during the anthem yeah. i pull out the phone pull out the phone the with the stopwatch yeah oh yeah i'm <laughs> i'm timing it from from the first word and with no. that being said i am going I am going under 95.5 seconds. We have okay, here's the Mickey big thing. Guyton. Nick, Nikki Guyton? Is that who you said is singing it? Mickey Guyton. Mickey yeah, Guyton. She's, a country, okay. she's a country singer. I, I think you have to, and this is all guesswork, but I think you have to do your best, make your best educated guess on what kind of personality the performer has. And what by that I mean if they're a little more self-centered – and a little more of an egomaniac and a little more about, you know, puffing their chest out, then you're pumping that over because they're going to be holding out the home, you know, land of the free and home of the brave as long as they can and jazzing it oh, up. Absolutely. But if they're a little more down to earth, you know, a little bit more of a type B personality, you know, not one to make I a lot of headlines. Good. I think that I think that speaks to then you go on to who we have. Yeah, right. to who we have okay, this so, year. so maybe that exactly speaks to my point. I didn't really know that name. And so I feel like the less popular they are, the more likely the under is to come in. Yeah, this isn't like, uh, like I don't know. someone unless, who unless you want to argue also, maybe the less popular they are, the more they want their moment. So you could look at mm, it that way, too. But I think I think maybe the less popular also the more nerves there are and you're nerves, just trying so, so they're just kind of get it. in and get out right yeah exactly and uh so, so you're on the under for 95 and a half seconds is, you, is what you said yeah minute, so minute 35 minute 35 and we saw her we saw her perform the anthem as recently as may 2021 she was at the memorial day concert she performed and it was a minute 23 so that would that would oh, so that drastically would go over and a half the, seconds of wiggle room. Yeah, exactly. That feels and, I'm sorry. What was the event? Uh, it was the Memorial Day concert. Where DC. at? Like, OK, so that was a big it was crowd. In DC in front of the Capitol. It's pretty, pretty damn big time. And oh, okay. she's, she's new. I think she won some so, country so music a, awards. Maybe attack on another five seconds or so for it being the Super Bowl. But you get right. 12 you and a half have a, there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a it's a pretty big edge there. <laughs> Any I, other I just, novelties that you like? Yeah, so not quite as novelty as that, but I am going first kick to be returned. This was minus 105 on MGM uh, a couple of days ago. It was like plus 120, so this is coming down. Matt Gay, he's produced a 63.7% touchback rate. Evan McPherson produced 60.4% rate, but this has been returned in 18 of the last 20 opening kickoffs. And I heard a great point by Pat McAfee, who was, you know, the punter for the Colts. And yeah, I've seen him every day here at Radio Row. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got on the big FanDuel set, so haven't really said anything to him, but uh, yeah, he's big time. He's on that XM show, and he yeah, it's on his show, and he obviously he kicked in a Super Bowl, so he knows. He was saying that the balls they're brand new. He said it's basically like kicking plastic. It's like very very difficult to to actually kick it as far as you would in the regular season. Yeah, 
because he was saying also regular season they have their equipment manager and then the other team's equipment manager they're both like wearing in the the balls that they use to kick about 30 minutes before kick they're they're working these in and like scuffing them up but this being the super bowl it's a brand new ball that they send right to the hall of fame so it's just like fresh out of the bag and it's brand new and he said it's really impossible to kick that is definitely good stuff the other thing that i would also bring up there yeah you 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 touched on a lot of the uh returner or excuse me kicking angles of why the kick would be returned but i'd look at the returner and say well a lot of the guys these days that return kicks are like special teams specialists you know kick return specialist type yeah you think it's like his moment he's like juiced up exactly he's like super excited Didn't Devin Hester run the the opening kickoff back in that Bears-Colts Super Bowl? Like, that was, like, the one moment for the Bears? That was incredible. Yeah, yeah, and then they got absolutely destroyed. Yeah, a a kickoff return touchdown or punt return touchdown is, like, the most exciting play in the game sometimes when it happens. And so if you're talking about a guy that only touches the ball returning kicks in the Super Bowl, if that kick is, like, five yards deep in the end zone, normally he's taking a knee. But I think he's bringing it out this time. (laughs) Yeah, this is my moment. I'm, I'm going for it, yeah. Yeah, I love that angle as well. The the adrenaline's flowing. He's probably not thinking that clearly. Like, yeah, I could return this, you know, get this ball at the twenty five. Or no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna house this. I'm I'm going for it. Yeah, I like that too. All righty, let's move on to some of the more conventional props now and uh, look at some of the player props in this game. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll start, and I, I have a couple. Um, ex- well. Uh, I think you have to bet the MVP, which I, I did take a few flyers, but a couple of just uh, more uh, standard juice promo or prom- props, excuse me. Um, I did pay a little bit more for two of these, uh, for one of them. Uh, but I, I went with Jamar Chase under 80 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I'm just going to take Jalen Ramsey over Jamar Chase in that battle more often than not. And I think the fact that Cincinnati still – you know, I w- we've seen Joe Mixon, his target share has gone up a lot in these playoffs. I would expect him to be thoroughly involved in the passing game. I mentioned Uzama coming back, Higgins and Boyd as well. I think there's enough to go around elsewhere for the Bengals to still be successful, even if Ramsey does win that battle with Jamar Chase more often than not. And 80 and a half seems like a pretty steep number. I prefer the yards under than the receptions under because Ramsey doesn't strike me as someone that like if I feel like his mindset might be okay, like you can have your little rinky dink passes and I'll make sure you don't get anything after the catch. I I have a hard time thinking Ramsey's going to get burned for a big play. So that's why I like the yards under for Jamar Chase. Uh, Before I get to my other prop, Alex, just any thoughts on what should be obviously a, a fascinating matchup with likely the offensive rookie of the year against probably the best corner in the league. Yeah, I actually, I love that as well. I I think I'll end up playing that. It, it feels high. I think it is high because, you know, bookmakers are seeing this as the Rams are favored. So Bengals should be oh, losing and flow, throwing right. more. Yeah. But, but even with that being said, that, that feels like a high number. I saw a stat that, the Bengals have won seven of eight games this season when Jamar Chase has at least 90 yards receiving, but Ramsey has only allowed 60 plus receiving yards in primary coverage of a single receiver. So I think that would, that would definitely speak to your, to your under. And you have to think that 
they're going to be shadowing him the entire game. You just shut him down, which also I think you have to look at T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd over yards. They're going to be on much yeah, less. It does kind of correlate. It's a good point. Um, the other prop that I like, uh, and I think this goes back to like my point about like the obvious point that I think a lot of people are making about the Rams pass rush against the Bengals offensive line. Well, clearly, if you're the Rams, you're going to want to try and get the Bengals in obvious third and long passing down situations. So for that reason, I think the Rams will sell out against the run on first and second down. And so, um, you know, I, I clearly this is a Rams defense that is, you know, pretty well rounded. And, you know, they were fifth in total DVOA and they were fifth in yards per game, rushing yards per game allowed this year. So uh, for as much talk as we want to put on the pass rushers and Jalen Ramsey, you know, they, they've been very good just lining things up and stopping the run as well. And clearly in this game, I would thoroughly anticipate an emphasis on early downs from the Rams to stop the run and get to third and long where the pass rushers can pin their ears, out, ears back and get after Burrow. So for that reason, I paid a little more juice here. I would bet it up to a minus $1.35. Um, I went under three and a half yards on the first rushing attempt for Joe Mixon. Uh, so again, it's a little more of an untraditional game prop player prop. Uh, but again, the way I think the Rams are going to game plan here is to stop the run on early downs and, you know, then let the game come to them with the pass rushers taking over. So under three and a half yards on Joe Mixon's first rushing attempt. I love that. I think that's a great angle. Great points made. And I think a lot of the times you'll see the first play of the game, they just run it right into the teeth of the defense just to get going. Right. Same and, point about you. You kind of touched on it the first quarter under. That's all like the feel out, you know? Exactly. I think that also I mean, speaks guys, to like, one of my For props. all we know, like they might just be like, okay, like first play of the game, handoff, three yards, we'll take it. And, and I'll take that too because right. I still win by the hook. And I would be surprised if it goes for three. You know, they're going to be selling right. out against the run early, mm -hmm. knowing that these teams are going to be feeling each other out. I'm going to be going. Else? Yeah, player props. Yeah, I, I like uh, P. Ryan under 15.5 rushing and receiving yards. Okay. Granted, we did see him go for uh, 43 total against the Chiefs. He had that one massive breakout uh, reception for a touchdown. We saw that. But then he also had this completely botched play where he went to the wrong side. The offensive line went the entire opposite way, and he was clearly going the wrong way and super confused. So I think that might get his touches down. And in a game like this, do or die, I don't see them really putting the ball in their backup running back's hands that much. When you have Mix in there, he's going to get pretty much all the attempts against the Titans. P. Ryan, he had total four yards. And then against the Raiders, he only had two yards. So I really like this under 15 and a half. You know, he might get one third down out of the backfield. I don't really see him getting many attempts, if any at all. So I like that under. 
I'm also going Cooper Cup over 28.5 longest reception. He's hit this in 15 of 20 games. And then probably my favorite player prop is Matt Stafford under 5.5 rushing yards, which I know admittedly it, it seems very, very low. Recency bias as well. If you look at the game logs, he's gone over this in all three playoff games. He had six yards, eight yards, 22 yards rushing. But in the regular season, completely different story. This isn't really a running quarterback. In 13 of 17 regular season games, he had fewer than five yards rushing. And then in 12 of 17 regular season games, he had one or negative rushing yards. Yeah, so he just he doesn't that. run a ton. And then also, I would say, you know, the Rams are favored. So if they're up late, you'll get those kneel downs, which. Oh, sure. Yeah. Minus a yard. Maybe Gosh, more. Remember the Super Bowl two yeah, years the ago Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was it was like a, a total of of like, like 30 50? some. It was a 30. Gosh, it was like 28 or something. And he had about 40. And then he was going backwards for like eight yards on some of those kneel downs. And, and the, the number was what, like 25 and a half or something? Yeah, he and it went under when he it was all at the way, like, like he subtracted like half his rushing. For the yeah, game. he was at like 40 and then it went yeah. completely under based on those like three or four kneel downs where he was going back. You know, several yards. <laughs> because Stafford, it, well, obviously, it was a situation where like they couldn't just kneel straight down; they had to like run seconds off the clock as they were kneeling right, down. Exactly. Right. They were yeah. up. They were up about. They were up eleven. So it makes it even weirder because it was a two possession game. But he was trying to eat up as much clock as he could. Obviously, they didn't really need the yards at that point, so he was going you know backwards at like eight yards a, a touch, and kneeling down. And I don't. We're not going to see something quite like that, but. You know, even if, you know, Stafford has like seven yards come end of the game and they do two, three kneel downs, you're, you're back under that five and a half. I, I really like that. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I didn't really uh, never really thought of that. And I think it does also speak to the point we made about, you know, some nerves and some tension. You know, <laughs> if you're if, if you don't have the escapability and desire to, you know, break the pocket and pick up your five yards and get out of bounds in a normal game. And are you going to have that in the Super Bowl? Exactly. When I was going over yeah. his, his game logs, I was, I was just shocked to see 12 of 17. He had one or negative. There were several games. He had like negative three, negative five. He's not very escapable. I know, I know this could be, you know, just one break out of the pocket type of play, but I just don't see it. I like that number under. Alrighty, let's uh, before we get to the MVP. I know that you said you had some other uh, kind of miscellaneous, you know, game props. I think you talked about. I think it was the Rams total sacks prop, like just some other stuff that, to you know tie up some loose ends. Yeah, I liked the over five and a half sacks for the full game. I really like this. This is probably one of my favorite props. We saw against the Chiefs, Burrow was only sacked one time. But that number fell five sacks with Mahomes being sacked four times. And then the game before, he was sacked nine times by the Titans. So we obviously both really like the Rams pass rush against that Bengals offensive line. And I also like, you know, Hendrickson and that Bengals pass rush. I think they could get one or two. 
And I really think that the Rams will get, you know, four or so sacks. It was just unreal watching Burrow against the Chiefs. I mean, they had him in the grasp several times. He broke out. It, it easily could have been a three-sack game for him. There was only one. I think to see six sacks in this game, when there's all the pressure in the world, yeah, I really like the over five-and-a-half sacks full game. All righty, let's wrap things up and have some fun with the MVP sprinkles. I think this is always one of the more enjoyable parts of uh, wagering on the Super Bowl. And obviously, you know, over the years, this has become more and more of a Super Bowl award or excuse me, a uh, a quarterback award. Uh, but I, I think I still saw that there are um, I'm trying to pull up the number of uh, how many non quarterbacks there have been to win the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah, 25 non-quarterbacks have won Super Bowl MVP. So, you know, that's... Recent memory. In in recent memory, I would think... It's been a quarterback award. Right. Edelman comes up as... Edelman comes up, and and actually, you know... Von Miller. Von Miller, right, he's on the Rams. Von Miller won, and then uh, Alex is a good trivia question. I, I know the answer. Do you remember the defender that won Super Bowl MVP for the Seattle Seahawks? Oh, man. Is it Wagner? Nope. Wasn't, uh, wasn't Jamal Adams. Uh, oh, no, no. No. Gosh, you're going. Yeah. This has been about 10 years now, but. Oh, man, man. The Super Bowl against the uh, Broncos. Yeah, no, I was thinking, uh, nah, I don't have it. Okay. Maybe it Malcolm it. Smith. Oh, man, I would not they have got that. They bring a bell it, now that you hear it. It does. Me. It does, for sure. I I remember Von Miller because I actually bet that Von Miller MVP for some what, reason. What was his price? Probably like 15 to 1? It had to have been higher. Somewhere I, higher than that? Okay. I mean, I'm seeing, he's. I saw him like. 50 to one this year and that's been bet down i'm seeing right but i would think in his prime like that okay maybe like 25 30 to one yeah 25 sounds about right I, okay. I wish i had the ticket i can't remember but i did bet it for i mean it was like one of you know five well, guys one thing i will say though um i don't like betting quarterbacks from a gambling standpoint it just feels like why wouldn't I just take like, for example, like if you I don't know what Burroughs, you know, I'm going to look up right now what Burroughs price is. But usually you should just look at how that correlates with the money line, you know, and, and in this case, obviously, the Bengals are the dog. So you're getting right. almost two to I one. I was going to say, if, OK, so Burroughs plus two twenty five and the Bengals money right. line is plus one seventy. So I, was, so I was thinking, why not just do Burrow instead of Bengals instead money of line. the Bengals money line? Right. Exactly. Because yeah. you get a little more value there, about 50 cents worth of it. But Although you like have to look fun, back so. at your your minus two and a half thing too with the Bengals as well and compare right. that with uh, the plus two twenty five, um, you know, and Matthew Stafford in this case uh, comes in at about even money, and um, you know that's one where you could say, well, there's some paths here for the Rams for a non quarterback just with how well the defense is played. Um, but, you know, Alex, I have, uh, you know, I just like to take flyers, lottery tickets on these. Like I said, you still, whether it be an Edelman or Von Miller, you still have 25 non-quarterbacks that have won the award. So I'll give a couple for you that I'm interested in. This one, probably not the best 
in terms of a you know super long shot play. But let's remember who votes on these things. And I think that oftentimes writers would want to vote on a an MVP, you know, based on, oh, you know, that would be a fun story to write or, you know, that would be a fun story to tell. And, you know, to an extent, I can buy that logic. And so if we're thinking and, and here's the thing, too, both of us think this is going to be a lower scoring game, which would open the door for some non quarterbacks. We talked about Edelman a few years ago. How about Odell Beckham Jr. at 20 to one, given everything that, you know, he has gone through the last year and an ugly exit in Cleveland. And now he's really proved to be that viable number two target behind Cooper Cup for Matthew Stafford. And they've needed him really ever since Robert Woods went down. So I think I'm buying the storyline a little bit. Uh, and in a lower scoring game, I don't think that it would just default to Stafford. Now, that could also mean a defender for the Rams. But I took a shot on Odell at 20 to one. I have one more. But uh, any Ram plays that you're looking at in particular, I normally like to do one for each team. Yeah, I think that's fun. I think that's a good angle, too. That's a good storyline. It would just take it being a lower scoring game, which we're projecting. It would take like you know, Odell to have like a hundred yards and maybe like he would have to have, he would have to outperform cup like, essentially. Exactly. And have like the only score or one of the few scores. I mean, we saw that Edelman MVP didn't even have a touchdown, but he had a ton of receptions and, a and that was a lower so scoring game as well. Yeah. It would, it would take something similar to that. I did place a, a sprinkle on um, Leonard Floyd and then I'd put a very, very, very little on Eric Weddle. It would take Weddle like two fluky interceptions. And, and that's a similar crazy. one where, you know, it's like coming out of retirement story. Like exactly. Like dude was sitting on his couch. Right. You know, four weeks, a month ago. And now he's playing in the Super Bowl. If he had like two interceptions or something, it would be, you know, obviously these are extreme long shots, but that's where the fun is. So on the Bengals side, I, I took my longer shot and went with Trey Hendrickson at 100 to one, because I think that, if the Bengals win, I, as I said, I think it would be like that Tennessee game where the Bengals defense rose to the occasion and forced some turnovers. So, uh, you know, I look at, you know, I, at that point, you're talking about either corner or D end. Usually Trey Hendrickson's been kind of a, an anchor for that Bengals defense. Uh, I think if he can you know, have a sack or two strip, you know, maybe even a strip sack, force fumble, things like that. Um, he could really wreak havoc and is probably one of, if not the best player on that Cincinnati defense. So you're going to give me him at 100 to 1 in a game I think is going to be lower score. Excuse me, lower scoring. I'll take my chances there. So Trey Hendrickson at 100 to 1 is my Bengals flyer. <laughs> Great minds think alike. That's the only Bengals player <laughs> I play for MVP as well. Yeah, I see the exact game, okay, well, game script. Well, what, if they're if, gonna uh, win, then... All right, Alex. If the Bengals win... We're cutting this out. We're sending it to <laughs> Bengals PR, and we're getting them on the pod. Oh, absolutely. I'll buy I'll buy <laughs> Hendricks in Jersey if that's the case. Absolutely. All right. Lastly, uh, on a lighter note, what are the plans? Uh, you know, where, where are you going? What are you drinking? What are you eating? Yeah, great question. I am. I'm going <laughs> to my buddies. I'm definitely going to be drinking several yeah, I was gonna beers, say, maybe i was uh, gonna say maybe a not so lighter note <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's it's gonna be some heavy alcohol consumption probably but yeah maybe a oh, cocktail hey, or two listen if there was ever 
a case for the day after the Super Bowl to be a national holiday. Valentine's oh Day, the day after the Super Bowl. Like, come on. Right. Even the people that don't like sports, if they have a no, significant but, other. How are know? they going to do that? No, I, I can't. I can't make plans on the hungover Monday after the Super Bowl. How are they going to put that? Right. Terrible exactly. timing. Terrible. Alrighty, Alex. Uh, he's at Alex underscore up seven at full underscore slate underscore pod. Manages the podcast Twitter as well. I'm Greg Frank at undercover Greg on gambling Twitter. Alex, a lot of fun. Glad we could squeeze this into what's been a busy week for me. And uh, enjoy Super Bowl 56. Absolutely, dude. Enjoy Radio Row. Hopefully, some some fun stories. Yeah, soon. yeah. One more day. Uh, Got to you know. Bumped into Eric Dickerson a little bit today and Mike Golick and just you know, the amount of people you awesome. just kind of walk around. Anyone with. on the – anyone scheduled to interview? Uh, well, the Darius Slay tomorrow, Greg Newsom, the corner from the Browns. Uh, who else do we have tomorrow? Um, we, I guess that we might get Johnny Avello from DraftKings. Uh, oh, Matt Collins, the former Eagles special teams wide receiver. Uh, Pac-Man Jones. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have oh, hell yeah, Pac-Man. Are you going to yeah. ask him about the, the strip club in soon, or is that kind of off topic? Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure. Not yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, your boy, quarterback for the Washington Commanders, Taylor Heineke. So, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. ODU's finest. That's ask right. him about his, what do you think, his by math the way? degree. What's the verdict there on the D, in the DMV on the Commanders? Uh, people seem to hate it. Bows down, yeah. I think it'll grow. I I think it's a pretty good name. I don't really care. All righty, my guy. We'll be talking. Enjoy the game. All right. Sounds good. Again, he's Alex Uplinger. I'm Greg Frank. This has been Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Everybody enjoy the Super Bowl. And, of course, please play responsibly.